Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Beckham Sea Jam down by the seaside. Beckham Sea Jam wins the Breeders' Crown. It's Rock and Ron, Mick Wicked on the inside. Mick Wicked to win the Jim York Memorial. Fear the Dragon fights on down by the seaside on the outside. Fear the Dragon down by the seaside. Down by the seaside. And Brian Sears gets up to do it. Keystone Velocity getting closer. Mel Mar looking for the line. Keystone Velocity. Keystone Velocity takes it at the very end. All bets off. Keystone Velocity. Keystone Velocity. And Dan Dubay to win the Potomac Pace. This guy's the Energizer Bunny. As they head for the wire, fire your guns. Here he comes. Foiled again. He keeps going and going and going and going and going. You are tuned in to the official. Podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing, Post Time with Mike and Mike, with co-hosts Mike Carter. And it's bus 936, and bus 936 on the wings of an angel. And Mike Bozich. Outside, heaven rocks, but the clock's running out. Filibuster Hanover wins the Commodore Ferry. Going and going. Yes, yes, it's time once again for Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, Mike Bozich. Mike Carter will be joining us at uh, the top of the hour, towards the top of the hour. He had some business to attend to, so we'll give Mike Carter a little bit of a pass, and he'll be joining us at the top of the hour. But we certainly appreciate each and every one of you joining us for this very special edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. A great, great show coming up for you today. A good group of guests including uh, a couple of guests making their post-time with Mike and Mike debuts. One that we're going to have on in just a few minutes, driver, 20-year-old driving star, Mitchell Cushing. And I'll tell you what, if you don't know or if you haven't known who Mitchell Cushing is, you probably know now who Mitchell Cushing is because he had a chance And obviously, so far, the highlight of his career, the drive foiled again, the great foiled again to victory at the uh, Windsor Fair in Maine. So we're going to have a chance to talk to Mitchell Cushing about what it meant to sit behind, arguably, Harness Racing's greatest horse. Plus, Garrett Bell is also making his post-time with Mike and Mike debut. Garrett Bell is the general manager at Windback Farms. And we're going to talk a little bit about sales. Sales season is is coming up. The Goshen sales coming up on September 9th. And that is the first of a few sales that Winback and all the big farms will be participating in. And uh, it's a big season for them. And it, quite honestly, it's I know a lot about the industry. I'm not too I'm not too up to date as far as the sales. What actually happens? At a sale. I mean, obviously, I know, you know, people and and owners go buy horses that we see race each and every day. But, you know, getting behind the scenes of what goes on at a sale, I mean, the preparation of the horses by the breed farms, uh, some of the things that owners and trainers look for when they're purchasing horses. Obviously, some are far more successful at it than others. Obviously, each owner and in trainer and horsemen have different bankrolls to work with. You know, some could obviously offend, uh, uh, um, afford to spend more than others. It's just it's it's just a very interesting process uh, that goes into a sale. And uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit to Garrett Bell about that uh, from a breeding point of view, from a breed farm point of view. What kind of work? You know, does a breed farm have to do to to get those horses ready for a sale? Because obviously, the breed farms want the horses to look as as good as possible. 
you know, because, uh, you know, they want their horses bought and sold. And win back right now is number two in the standings this year behind Hanover Shoe Farms in terms of wins and money earned. So, hey, they must be doing something right. We'll talk to uh, Garrett a little bit about that process coming up at around 1050 or so. Plus trainer Casey Coleman. I don't know if I want to if I want to term this as an upset, the fact that McWicked defeated Lazarus. But, uh, you know, obviously the wagering board it was because, uh, you know, I mean, McWicked was a clear second choice, went off at seven to two, paid nine dollars, and Lazarus was a, you know, a heavy odds on favorite. But uh, nonetheless, we're going to talk to trainer Casey Coleman about McWicked. He's got another test coming up in the Ewart Memorial at Scioto. So we'll talk to Casey about that. Plus our good friend, Darren Gagne is going to join us. It's one of our favorites, become one of our favorite segments over the summertime. The last couple of years, the running aces segment, the little track in Minnesota that is just doing some phenomenal things. And Darren's going to keep us up to date on what's going on the track up in Minnesota. But before we get to that, there have been a couple of interesting headlines this week that have, uh, that have made the hardest racing circles and one that I am particularly interested in. And I believe this was the news was broke, uh, by biz journals.com. And I guess it was, cause it says it's an exclusive, but Churchill downs wants the, the headline reads Churchill downs wants to bring harness racing back to Louisville. And I'm just going to read just a little bit of this article because I think this is, uh, This is a big thing. Churchill Downs Incorporated has a plan in the works to revive harness racing in its hometown, at least temporarily. The Louisville-based, or Louisville, I guess, depending on what part of the country you're from, how that's pronounced. At least it's not Louisville. But the Louisville-based casino and racing company filed an application today with the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission to return the racing style to its former Louisville Downs racing venue, off Poplar Level Road. Louisville Downs held harness racing there from 1966 until its closure in 1991 when Churchill Downs purchased the 87-acre site for $6 million. The site is home now to Derby City Gaming, which is a $65 million historical wagering facility that will open this fall. Harness racing also... Uh, known as Thunderbird Racing, well, we know that, is a form of horse racing in which trotting horses pull a two-wheeled vehicle known as a sulky and driver. Now, CDI, which uh, in the NASDAQ, for those of you stock players, CHDN, has partnered with Lexington's Keeneland Association Incorporated and is requesting a 10-day Thunderbird racing meet at the old Louisiana Downs next year to fill a gap in standard racing left behind by the closure of Thunder Ridge Racetrack in Prestonburg. The companies propose that starting in 2020, these standard dates would move to a track they plan to build in Oak Grove, Kentucky. So, a brand new track. That's good. CDI and Keeneland, through a joint venture called WKY Development, will fund the purses for the meet. Those have not been finalized yet. Kevin Flannery, president of Churchill Downs Racetrack, and Vince Gabbard, vice president and chief operating officer of Keeneland, told me that they want to stop the bleeding from Thunder Ridge's closure by temporarily staging these harness races in Louisville before the license would be fully transferred to the new Oak Grove track. Both requests require Kentucky Horse Racing Commission approval. Flannery also goes on to say we're trying to move quick on this so we don't see these industries move out of our state. I've talked to a couple of people to race at Louisville, um, you know, back in the 60s all the way to the uh, early 90s. And I've heard a lot of good things about that racetrack in general. And it's good to see whenever you see, uh, I think, a new harness racing track opening up in which this eventually will be. I mean, obviously, it's a very good thing for the sport of harness racing, certainly better than the alternative, which our racetracks are closing, which, hey, listen, longtime Michigan native know that all too well. Hazel Park just closed not too long ago, Lost Sports Creek, although there's some talk about that, too. I don't want to get into that because I think that's – I don't think that's uh, fact-based at this time. Um, but, you know, seeing all the tracks close in Michigan, see all the tracks closing, you know, 
across the country. It's not a good thing, you know. And whenever you see a story like this, I definitely think it needs to be promoted. So we'll certainly keep an eye on that, and hopefully that can continue to move forward. We're going to get them all rolling. with back. It's driver Mitch Cushing. Mitch Cushing. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Back in a moment. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Quick shout out to the uh, Jeff and Janine Gessick and the fine folks at Pacing for the Cure. They will be right here at Harris, Philadelphia coming up tomorrow. We race live tomorrow night at 630. They will be in the house, so make sure you stop on by. Uh, we're going to have a walk uh, before the races. I believe that's getting ready. That, that'll start at 3 or 3.30. So if you want to come out early, participate in the walk, you can do that as well. But they'll be in the house all night long. Great people, great cause. Come on out and meet Jeff and Janine Gessick, Pacing for the Cure. They'll be here tomorrow at Harris, Philadelphia, when we race live at 6.30. Right now, let's bring in uh, a guy that, if you haven't heard of him before, odds are you're the hardest race in the world. You probably know who Mitchell Cushing is now. He is our guest at this time on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mitchell, welcome to the program, my friend. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Well, listen, I've got, I've read, you know, there's definitely a few articles, a couple in the local main newspapers, of course, U.S. Trotting and all the industry trades covered it very well uh, in the sport of harness racing. But the the writing, and I want to read this because this is from a proud papa, of course, your dad, Ron Cushing, and I want to read this for everyone to listen to because this is a, some cool, cool stuff. Here's what Ron said on Facebook on Monday at 4.45. He said, I watched maybe the greatest horse of his generation, 
actually probably three generations because he was a gelding. The other great ones when the stud or wore down because they couldn't beat him. When he was in his prime, Mitchell Cushing, that's you, my friend, was playing Little League football or elite travel soccer. Now foiled again at 14 years young, had a young driver at the beginning of a great career, here to drive him to a rare come-from-behind victory. Never abused the old horse, respected him, trusted him, maybe even loved him. Foiled again. One, as yes, he should have, but he did it with respect. I love seeing champions win. In my mind, I was lucky enough to witness two champions today, a great moment, and that was from your dad, Ron Cushing. I know you saw the post. That that really had to to make you happy, huh? Uh, yeah, it definitely hit me in a different way. He's not, like, very much of an emotional guy. And for him to for him to open up like that and kind of just uh, let his emotions fly, that was, that was pretty cool for me, you know. And, you know, if you scroll up, now that was posted Monday at 445. If you, scr- if you scroll up on Facebook through his timeline, it's all foiled against stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's all over the place right now, that's for sure. I mean, it should be, you know, whether whether you're doing it for the horse or you're doing it uh, as a parent for me, uh, I mean, that, 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 horse should, that horse should be, you shouldn't, you shouldn't forget about him at least till December 31st till, till his tour is over. That's right, including, and also on, on Ron's page, and this is a cool video, too. There's a couple of cool videos floating around. One cool video that he took from the grandstand, which really captures the crowd, and uh, the sizable crowd, I might say, and just the emotion running through the place. But also, another good video was taken by Ryan Macedonio, which actually, now, now where did he hook this camera up? It looked like it was, like, right on the bridle, right? Yeah, you know, they, 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 they come out with those, uh, the crown pieces for the bridles to sit better, those uh, that they slide over the horse's ears, and you can get them customized or whatever, uh, and he took one of those and attached a piece of hard leather to it, uh, screwed it on, and took a GoPro mount, and screwed the GoPro mount to the whole, the whole configuration he had made, and put it on Foil's bridle and run the head check, and put the GoPro and the head check right all in one, and it was sitting right on top of his ears, it was pretty cool, right between his ears. On his head. Wow. Good stuff. So that was, stuff. that was that was pretty cool. That was a great idea by Ryan. I think it's really going to change some stuff because it's it's just it's just like in Maine, uh, we don't have to use head numbers, and uh, that's exactly where it, that's that's right where it was sitting, right where the head number would go. Good stuff, and I'll tell you what, I've watched that video about 10 times. I've watched uh, the video that your dad put up there 10 times, all kind of pictures. I mean, just some great, great stuff. Tell us about uh, when you first got the phone call from trainer Ron Burke. Now, I know you've, you've driven a horse or two for Ron in the past, I believe, at the Meadowlands, right? Yeah, I started with a qualifier. Uh, uh, Yannick was there uh, back from his vacation and stuff like that, uh, whatever he does over the winter. And he had to qualify uh, L.A. Delight for Johansson. And I was uh, – and he found me. He found me somewhere in the paddock. I don't remember exactly where. And he told me he had a horse he needed qualified for Burke. She had a hard – she wasn't staying flat at the moment. Uh, just said, hey, just get around the track, keep her flat, do something that uh, she hasn't been doing, and uh, just give her your best. She stayed flat. Uh, Ronnie uh, was generous enough to put me back on the next week when Yannick had to go to Quebec for his son's hockey tournament. And uh, – she raced well, kept her flat, kept her off the list, and uh, after that, she proceeded the race, and that was kind of just where it stemmed from. And when you got the phone call to drive foiled again, what did that mean to you? Did it uh, was it was it a shock or was it uh, I don't know? Was it kind of expected? What was going through your mind then? Yeah, I actually got the phone call from Mark Reynolds, uh, a good a, a really good horse agent that's very good friends with uh, Burke and Weaver and that that whole connections group. And I got the phone. I got the phone call Sunday night. I was sitting at home uh, watching a movie with my girlfriend, and I it wasn't it wasn't it definitely wasn't expected because my first instinct was definitely Yannick or Jason uh, Bartlett because Yannick his his wife's from Maine. They come up and I they come up for uh, some vacations. They own a camp on Great Pond, so I it wasn't out of like his reach or out of his uh, agenda to come drive him uh, for that reason. And same with Jason. Jason always comes home for uh, the weekend of winter, that Labor Day weekend, to hang out with family and just and just enjoy uh, enjoy a couple of days off at home. But both of them actually had uh, prior commitments to some stake events, I believe, at Vernon and maybe Pennsylvania. So, and I didn't, I knew that late, I knew that coming in just from uh, knowing Jason and stuff. So, and maybe a little bit at that time, I was like, well, maybe there's a shot. 
that I could drive him just because those two guys aren't going to be there. But it never really was like – I never really come across my mind like there was a real opportunity in the sense of uh, in the sense of it actually happening. And when I got the phone call from Mark, I mean, I honestly, I was speechless. I mean, all I, really all I could get out and that I could process at the moment was uh, thank you. I mean, that, I mean, at that time it was just for regardless of how fast he goes now or how – or the type of horse he's competing with, it's it just – it's like, it'd be like playing pass with Tom Brady in his backyard – no matter what you're doing, you're still you're still being involved with a legend. So it's it's breathtaking that way. Mitch, uh, final question before we let you go. We've talked to you about what it meant to you personally to drive foiled again, uh, but you know we talked about and you can see in the video that Ron, uh, your dad, put up about just the the big the size of the crowd that was there at the Windsor Fair to watch Foiled again, you know, uh, do battle with uh, four other 14-year-olds. What do you think it means for the state of Maine to have a horse like Foiled again come along? I mean, here's here's a state that really has a very passionate harness racing following, and I would think it'd have to be big to the, to the state of Maine for somebody like Foiled again to come. Yeah, most definitely. They, like, everyone... What was great is they they you could see everyone took advantage like there's hundreds of photos of just pictures of just him and people with him and people bringing their horses over with him. It wasn't I mean it was completely taken advantage advantage of and extended in every way possible. I mean it's just for the people just to get to experience something like that. I mean we there's some, there's used to be some nice horses that used to come out for the Paul Bunyan at Bangor and stuff like that. But there's there's no other foiled again, and people people just they took it all in between pictures and petting him when he was walking out of the paddock after the races, and they did a Murph and his friend did a great job when they brought him of never making anybody feel rushed. They it took them 45 minutes to get back to the barn, which is only a hundred a couple hundred yards a walk away from the paddock, just from all the people coming up petting him, taking pictures with him, and so on. It was they it was it was definitely taken advantage of, and the people. Just, I mean, they, they, they were just smiles and pictures, and it just continued all through the night. It was pretty cool. Good stuff. Well, listen, the harness racing world better get to know your name because you're going to be around for quite a long time in this business. 20-year-old Mitchell Cushing. Mitch, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Best of luck to you in the future. Thank you very much. Hopefully I can come on sometime again. You got it, my friend. Thank you. Have a good day. That was driver Mitch Cushing had a chance to drive foiled again at the Windsor Fair in Maine, driving him to win number 102 in his illustrious career. Uh, you could just tell the excitement in Mitch's voice. I mean, he is obviously still on a high from driving foiled again, but you better, like I say, you better get to know that young man's name because he's going to be around in this business for quite some time. A lot left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. We're going to talk a little uh, Goshen yearling sale coming up at the Mark Ford Training Center on September 9th. We're going to talk to the general manager of Windback Farm, Garrett Bell, plus Casey Coleman, Darren Gagne, so much more. you got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Twelve championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a coast home champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018, coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail, modern legend there, foiled again, dead game, clear vision laid on the outside, Pet Rock on the inside, photo finish, foiled again at Pet Rock together, run, 49 and 2. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. 
Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Lots left to come on this edition, including Casey Coleman. We're going to talk a little bit about McWicked getting the upset nod over Lazarus last week in the Canadian Pacing Derby. Plus, Darren Gagne is running Aces segment and so much more. But first, it's time to bring in Windbank General Manager Garrett Bell. Garrett, how are you today, my friend? Doing well, doing well, guys. All right, you've got a big day coming up. Uh, it's going to be the first of a few big days sales-wise, and uh, it's the Goshen Yearling Sale coming up on Sunday, September 9th at the Mark Ford Training Center. And, and listen, I've seen the ads, read the articles. Uh, it looks like you guys have uh, got uh, quite a roster of yearlings uh, to sell coming up on September 9th. Yes, we do. We're, we're quite pleased with the group that we got going up there. we got a, a bunch of bolt the doors, and this will be his first year, and we're quite pleased with those horses um we've got a bunch of heston blue chips uh he did had a nice showing last year at the sales and uh with zero tolerance out there hopefully yep. he'll do quite well this weekend also yeah zero tolerance has really turned into a uh, a fantastic philly pacer garrett before we talk a little bit more about the sale let's talk a little bit about uh you and uh Winback farms first of all tell us about how you got started personally in the sport of harness racing well uh for those who don't know out there, I'm actually family. I'm uh, Joe and Joanne's nephew, and I actually started working on their other farm, White Horse Farm, that they owned with Ed Gold when I was a teenager. Uh, I worked every summer vacation, school vacation I had. I was down there mucking stalls, feeding horses, causing trouble, all that <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> so I, I, I took a early shine to it, and uh, I did that until I graduated college, and then I took uh, 15 years off, and the timing was right, and I talked to Joe, and he said, why don't you come back and work for me on the farm, and I did, and I've been here since 2001. Now, a lot of people, um, especially uh, just racing fans, I think, you know, they see the racing part of it, they see what goes on on the racetrack, uh, the betting part of it, this and that, but they really don't know a lot of times a whole lot about what goes on behind the scenes in harness racing and especially when you talk about a breed farm um you know getting raising horses getting horses ready for sales getting horses ready for racing can you tell us a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes at a breed farm such as Winback? well i mean it's without us we wouldn't have all that other stuff um and it is a, it's, I mean, Winback, of course, is a very big operation. But even if you just go to the small operations, there's, it, it's basically the same. Uh, it's just the constant care, the constant looking after all the animals, both the mares, the foals, the stallions. Um, and it's, it, it is a bit repetitive, but that's, that's the name of the game. Now, the horses don't know their ho their holidays, so you never don't get much time off, and you're just constantly working to produce that champion, and you never know when you're going to have a champion. When, for some of the people out there that may not be too familiar with sales, like me, I'm I've been in the business forever, and honestly, I'm not very familiar with sales and in how sales work and the process of getting horses prepared for sales. What what are some of the things you guys do as a breed farm to kind of prepare yearlings uh, to enter the ring? Well, actually, it starts when we breed the mare. Um, so two years ago, we were planning on how we were going to breed these mares, where we wanted to place these yearlings. Uh, and so that starts when you're breeding them. And then once you get the yearling, uh, we go through, um, once we're weaning them, we go through them, make sure they're what we hope they would be. 
Uh, and then usually around February is when we pick the sales for them. That's when most of the sales companies want your picks. Uh, we then go through them. Um, throughout our whole life, though, we're constantly keeping an eye on them, making sure they don't have any issues, any confirmation issues, any weight issues, health issues. Uh, and then come July, and in Goshen case, July, we'll bring our yearlings into the barn six weeks and teach them manners, teach them how to stand, get them groomed, uh, get them all cleaned up, and get them ready for the sales. And I know, especially on my Facebook feed, and, you know, Windback Farm has obviously a lot of Uh-oh. I've lost you. Hello? We're back here with Garrett Bell. Garrett, so we had a couple had some technical difficulties there. Are you with us? Yeah, I am. I'm here. Yep. Thought it was on okay. my Garrett, end. Garrett, tell Made us myself a, a little bit. Yeah, that's okay. Um, tell us a little bit about like like full of my on my Facebook feed. You have uh, and I know Winback has a lot of followers, uh, but these yearling videos. And I know this is a very busy time for you because you're doing a lot of the different yearling videos. And I know a lot of the different owners and trainers when they go to these sales, they look for different things in horses. Uh, you know, as far as maybe confirmation like you brought up and some other things. What are some of the things that you believe that owners and trainers look for horses mostly when they're bidding? You know, it's really hard to say. I mean, it, if you talk to any any individual and they'll have their own particulars. Um, I think in general, though, they're always looking at the pedigree. They always want to see a nice pedigree. They also want to see a good-looking individual, straight straight legs, nice strong back, a good shoulder, nice neck. They, they just want a, a good-looking horse. Um, and in the videos, as you said, we video all our horses, as most do. Uh, they want to see how they're moving, making sure they're not hitting anywhere. And, and a lot of people, a lot of the trainers, they'll come down to the farm, actually, and look at the yearlings before they go to sale. And a lot of them will actually turn the horses out. We'll turn them out for them so they can see them in person move also. And and they just want to get a feel for how the horse moves. And I, I think those are probably the, the biggest things they're looking for. And, of course, you've got the big sale coming up on September 9th, but there are some other sales down the road. Tell us about some of the other sales down the road that Winbank's going to be participating in. Well, of course, we'll be at Lexington. That'll be our big sale. We'll, we're, we're sending uh, 95 horses down there. That'll be the first week of October. Uh, and then we have the London sale up in London, Ontario. Uh, that'll be, what is that, October 16th, I believe, and uh, 14th, 13th and 14th. And um, we'll be taking 50 up there. We actually shipped 30 out today. That'll go to our Canada farm, and they'll be finished the prepping up there at the Canada Farm so the Canadian buyers can see those horses in person if they'd like. And then, of course, we'll finish off with Lexington. I mean, with Harrisburg. Harrisburg, the first week in November, and we'll have 75 going there. All right, and one final time, anybody that wants any information or that wants to take a look at these horses, perhaps before they go to the sale, tell uh, the people how they can go about doing so. Excuse me. They can either email uh, James Ladwig or they can call the farm office, uh, our phone number, 410-885-3059, and set up an appointment, and we'll be more than happy to show them all. Fantastic. Well, Garrett, listen, we certainly appreciate appreciate you joining us, my friend. Best of luck coming up on uh, Sunday, September 9th, and down the road. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. That was Garrett Bell, the general manager of Woodback Farms. And, yeah, I mean, it's such an intricate process when you talk about getting horses ready for these sales and what owners look for. And, you know, we've had quite a few owners and trainers, obviously, on this program over the span of two and a half years. And it's kind of interesting to hear what they look for when they're purchasing horses. And, uh, 
you know, there definitely is a mad science to it. A lot of times it, it is kind of a crapshoot because you do see, you know, horses that don't cost a whole lot to turn out to be fantastic. And you see horses that do cost a whole lot that they pay for in the sales that, that really don't turn out to be uh, very good on the racetrack. So it's there is a mad science to it, and it's really, really interesting stuff. Plenty left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Presented by Bet America, Casey Coleman is going to be joining us here in just a few minutes. Plus, Darren Gagne is running Aces segment and so much more ahead. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. We're back on both time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, Casey Coleman's of the On Deck Circle. Also, Darren Gagne's running Aces segments coming up and so much more. But do want to remind you, uh, speaking of our good friends pacing for the cure, Jeff and Janine Gessick will be here tomorrow. Arrows, Philadelphia, they will be here uh, around 3 o'clock. Live racing tomorrow will 30 at night. And uh, we're going to do the walk a couple hours before the races. So if you do want to walk around the racetrack, come on out. Make sure you come on out early, uh, 3 o'clock, the start time for that. And, of course, live racing at 6.30. Jeff Janine Gensick from Pacing for the Cure will be here all night long tomorrow. So stop and say hello if you're in the Philadelphia area. Just a great cause, great people. Come on out and meet them. Right now we're joined by uh, McWicked trainer Casey Coleman. Casey, how are you? Doing good. How about yourself? Doing fantastic. Well, listen, it was, uh, and I got to tell you, and I'm not going to reveal the source, but uh, when we were talking about handicapping, and of course, talking about the Canadian Pacing Derby with McWicked upset uh, Lazarus, but uh, one of my uh, gambling friends told me, listen, if you're going to take Lazarus at one to five, you got to understand Mohawk is Casey's house and Lazarus is going to have a tough time going in to Casey's house and beating Mick wicked. But nonetheless, that had to be a thrill to you. It was probably an upset in, in terms of how the harness racing world viewed it, but probably not how you viewed it, huh? No, not at all. Like uh, obviously Lazarus is a great horse, which you can see just from his record. And I know a lot about Lazarus from being down under because uh, my husband, Mark Hurley, he is obviously related to Mark Purden who trained and uh, drove Lazarus. So I, I actually was in the winner's circle with him back in Australia a few years ago when Mark Purden was driving and training him. Um, so I know quite a bit about the horse and uh, yeah, he's a great horse, but saying that uh, I got a great horse also. And I was shocked that all the hype was so much about Lazarus just because anybody that's seen the who race that watched McWicked. Uh, McWicked was locked in solid up until uh, just head of the lane and he finally shook loose really late and come home at 25 and 2 and just a few feet past the wire. Wicked was by all of them and everybody seemed to not see that. <laughs> so uh, I wish I was a better, I'll say that. When he was paying what he was paying, I, uh, I wish I was a gambler, but I'm not. You know, I'll tell you what, Mick Wicked has been has been so good the occasion. As a matter of fact, a couple of days ago, it might have even been yesterday, I think uh, Mark put on Facebook about jogging the old pro Mick Wicked. And, you know, this it, there has to be some kind of deep appreciation. I mean, listen, you've trained a lot of great horses, but Mick Wicked certainly has to have a special place in your heart. 
Oh, definitely. I've had a lot of top, top horses. Been fortunate that way, but uh, I don't believe I've had anybody that's made over three million, and uh, he definitely has. And let's say to still be racing on it. Most of the other ones that were the top horses obviously went to stud. Um, he's still racing. He's seven now, and uh, it's scary how good he seems to be getting better as he gets older. Um, makes me makes me wonder what the other ones could have done. But uh, if we kept racing, but saying that the money you make at stud to uh, what you make racing, it just doesn't make sense to keep racing them. Um, and nobody's ever offered McWicked to go to stud. I don't know why or what, but uh, he's never had a, a stud deal offered to him. So he's just staying racing right now. Visiting with trainer Casey Coleman, uh, trainer of McWicked. Now, uh, Casey, you've got another test coming up. I guess there's no rest for the McWicked. You like that? Good pun there. But uh, coming up on Saturday, it's the Jim Ewart Memorial. Uh, no Lazarus, but you do have a field of 10, and you've got a lot of the usual suspects in here. I beat horses that you've faced time and time again. Dr. J. Hanover, all bets off. Western Joe, uh, split the house. Beckham Z. Tab. Uh, what are your thoughts coming into the Jim Ewart Memorial? You draw post two obviously you have to be uh, fairly happy with the post draw yeah he uh, he came out of that canadian pacing derby real good and uh, i was real happy with that he didn't seem too tired and he seemed sharp and sound and healthy so we decided to go forward and go on to the jim ewart um he won it last year so uh, he obviously liked that track two hole i'm thrilled with i couldn't be any happier with an inside post obviously on any track and uh, it's a tough field, no doubt. Like, there's a lot of real top horses that we're slugging it every week in, week out. Um, so it's definitely a tough draw, but I'm real happy the way my horse seems coming into the race. And I like the way that the, ra- that the draw looks. So we'll hope for a little bit of luck on Saturday. Let's talk a little bit about what's ahead after the Jim Ewart Memorial for uh, McWicked. Um, I'll ship him home the day after that. He, he'll ship home Sunday. He has a week off, and then he goes on the road for actually three weeks straight. He's going to go up to Hoosier. for uh, There's an open stake up there at Hoosier. And then he goes to Dayton for an open stake, and then he's at Rent Lexington Red Mile. Uh, so he'll be three in a row. Then I'll ship him home again to Canada. He has another week. I think he has one for sure a week, maybe two weeks off, and then the Breeders' Crown after that. And after the Breeders' Crown, there's about a month gap in his schedule up to the TBG that's at the Meadowlands. Fantastic. Uh, Casey, before we let you go, as we always do, we like to check in with you. When we, when, you talk to, when we talk to you about a particular horse, we like to check in with you and see how the other horses in the stable are doing. So who else can we look out for in the Casey Coleman stable coming up? Uh, I'm real happy. I got a really, really nice and special two-year-old colt uh, named Stag Party. He's racing tomorrow at Mohawk in uh, Champlain. Uh, then he'll go forward to the Metro as long as everything looks good. And then he's still got his Ontario Sire Stakes and uh, Breeders' Crown. And, and uh, he's he's a very, very talented colt. He, he's actually undefeated. He shows one defeat on his record, but he was actually win place second because he had a little bit of interference happen in the mile. Um, but as far as he knows, he's never been beat yet. And uh, very, very excited about him then i got alexis faith uh she just won the um uh lady mod up at yonkers last saturday and she's made about a quarter million this year and she'll be going for she's in tonight actually at yonkers and she'll have the yonkers super final uh in a couple weeks and uh then just some over those, those are the top ones and then just some uh some okay overnight or they're not overnight sorry they're all two and three year olds so they're all steak horses but uh, those are the main ones the rest of them are just trying to hold their own Fantastic. And I did have an email question that I do want to uh, pass along to you. I wanted to know your thoughts on adjusting to the racing at Mohawk. Is it, of course, before it was Woodbine and Mohawk, Woodbine no longer. Uh, any comments on that as far as do you miss Woodbine at all? Well, I was, I'm fortunate enough that, like, nobody, as far as being a horseman, nobody uh, likes Woodbine just because the fact, first off, you're looking about three tracks in and you can't see them live, you're watching on the TV. Second off, the majority of us where the training centers are located have about an hour drive to get to Woodbine through going through the busy traffic down there here i'm 20 minutes from mohawk mohawk's gorgeous by far my favorite one of my favorite tracks is mohawk just because it's so nice there and easy to watch them race live and that saying that um and i didn't have to go to woodbine because i was in florida during the time that woodbine usually races so myself i didn't really have to go there much saying that i do 
think, I hope I'm wrong, but I think we made a bad decision canceling out Woodbine um, just because they, they bet more. The gamblers are there more, and I think they bet more there. And I think there's more opportunity that maybe Woodbine makes one of those big, uh, like, expands and makes it into one of those mini mall entertainment kind of centers. And I wish that we had a chance to be part of that. Um, but I, uh, we obviously won't now. So I, I don't think it was the best decision with, with us canceling out Woodbine. But uh, saying that, I don't miss going there, no. I'd rather be at Mohawk. <laughs> yes. I want to tell you what, I've heard some uh, really bad stories about how the traffic can get at Woodbine and it's a bonus, but just, uh, you know, getting stuck there and couldn't get through. So pros and cons, I guess. There's some positives and some negatives. Casey, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you. Congrats on having such a fine horse, and we look forward to watching uh, McWicked do his thing on Saturday. Thank you. All right, that was trainer Casey Coleman McWicked upsetting Lazarus last week in the uh, Canadian Pacing Derby. Uh, like I said, I'm not really sure how much of an upset that was. I mean, Casey brought up a fantastic point. If you watched the Dan Patch at Hoosier and you watched McWicked, you know, I mean, come home in, in 25 and change after being locked in with that kind of trip. I mean, if you're just a trip handicapper, you know, and you're looking for value, which that's the way you make money in this game, then you ha- you'd have to think that seven to two odds on McWicked were pretty good value in that particular race. But uh, nonetheless, you'll get a chance to see McWicked coming up on Saturday. It's the $250,000 Jim Ewart Memorial at Scioto. Western Joe will start from the pylons. McWicked number two, Dr. J. Hanover three. All bets off four. Western Fame number five. Split the house six. Delta winners seven. Uh, Beckham Zetan will uh, rates from number eight. Filibuster Hanover will start from nine. That's the far outside post at Scioto. And Nuclear Dragon will start from the second tier post position number 10. That's coming up on Saturday. That is not the only thing coming up on Saturday at Scioto. If you haven't heard about this, a match race is coming up at Scioto on Saturday. That's right. And it features a horse that we were talking about with uh, Mitchell Cushing about 15 minutes ago, foiled again, and he will take on Lucky Lime. It's being billed as America's horse versus the people's horse. uh, And uh, that is uh, coming up at roughly eight o'clock at Scioto on that card. So once again, if you're in that area, obviously do everything you can to be there. Uh, If not, then make sure you check it out at an ADW, preferably our guys, Bet America. A lot of specials. If you haven't uh, had a chance to deposit, they've got a good first-time deposit bonus, lots of bonuses, some good, good stuff going on at Bet America. Make sure you check them out at BetAmerica.com. Darren Gagne is running Aces segment is coming up next, plus more. we got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's Winback farm.com Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. 
Learn more at newvocations.org. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest. Located just 20 minutes north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota with seasonal live harness racing from May through September. Running Aces is the home of the $50,000 Dan Patch free-for-all pace and the $300,000 Minnesota Night of Champions. With live harness racing action three nights a week, every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night, and our signal is available on ADWs and at racebooks and simulcast facilities near you. Visit our website, runaces.com, for more information. Again, that's runaces.com. Hey, it's Darren Gagne here at Running Aces in Minnesota. Time to recap the racing action up here at Running Aces over the past week or so. We'll start back on Saturday night, September the 1st. On Saturday night, the feature on the program was the $11,000 Open Handicap Trotting Event. And Pride Crest picks up his third win in a row. Second straight win, 154-3. and three. Uh, Banker Volo a strong second, Silver Load a strong third, and a big stretch battle between those three top trotters. Well, Pride Crest, when the dust settled, got to the wire first. Again, in 154-3 and three on Saturday night in the open trot. Steve Wiseman driving for trainer Kathy Plusted, Winning owner Christopher Schick of Sacramento. Pride Crest gets up to win his ninth win of the season on Saturday night in the open trot at Running Aces 154-3. and three. Also on Saturday night, back in the spotlight at Running Aces, Giggle Monster, the Minnesota State Champion two-year-old pacer from last season, gets his third win of the season, picking that up in the $14,000 Minnesota Sired three-year-old pace. 153-4, and four, lifetime best performance on Saturday night for Giggle Monster. Came flying from off the pace late, drawing away in the late stages to win by two lengths. Bobcat Dean McGee driving for trainer Justin Amphenson. Owners Allen and Cheryl Sandbolt. Giggle Monster, lifetime best mile on Saturday, 153 and 4 fifths. And the claiming pacing mare place at the beach continues to dominate as the best claiming pacer of the season at running aces in 2018. She picked up her 12th win of the year, 8th win in her last 11 starts, and two second place finishes included in that 11 race stretch. 154 and 2 sharp winning mile on Saturday night, September the 1st, with the Bobcat Dean McGee driving. Gate to wire score for place at the beach. Scores her 12th one of the season for owner Peg Hoffman and trainer Jerry Longo. Then on Sunday, the 2nd of September at Running Aces, featured event on the program Sunday night, $11,000 open handicap pacing event for horses and geldings. Trainer Gene Miller pulls off the one-two punch in the Sunday feature as his charge is what you staring at and best in the business. Finishing first and second in the feature on Sunday night. Trainer Gene Miller sending out what you staring at for owner Wolf Swinkle Pacers with Mooney Swenson in the bike. Turning in a career best mile, 151 and 3. Another big stretch battle, three horse battle to the wire. What you staring at gets home first over stable mate, best in the business. Had James Yoder in the bike. And race favorite holding all the cards, finishing third with the Bobcat Dean McGee. Again, a thrilling stretch battle to the wire. What you staring at takes a lifetime mark in the feature on Sunday, 151 and 3. The 1 2 punch for trainer Gene Miller. Another dominating performance, winning one for Bring Over the Money, his sixth career win in eight starts, an $8,500 three year old Minnesota sired Colton Geldings trot on Sunday, 159 and scored uh, victory. 159 flat, Rick McGee driving, trainer Brian Deachin, owner Jasmine Horvat, bring over the money, continues to be a dominating force in the three-year-old Minnesota Sired Boys Division Trot. The Girls Division, three-year-old Philly Trotters on Sunday night, $8,500 event. Mimi Marguerite picked up her first win at running aces, second career win overall, lifetime best mile, 159-2. Owner Gene Marquis and Jesse DeLong, trainer Justin Amphenson, Mimi Marguerite driven to a confident victory, front-running score never in doubt by James Yoder, 159-2 for Mimi Marguerite 
on Sunday in the three-year-old Philly Trot. And then on Tuesday night, running aces, sloppy conditions, sloppy track on Tuesday night, rain throughout the entire day and the entire evening as well. Still some great performances on the track. Gold Star Misty dominated gate to wire once again in the $11,000 Mayor's Open Pace event. The feature on Tuesday night, James Yoder in the bike on Gold Star Misty. Left from post five sharply, confidently took the lead. One gate to wire, 154 and two. Two wins in the last three starts, six wins in the season, just 12 starts this year, six wins for Gold Star Misty, owned by the Gold Star Farms and trained by Maggie Audley. Also Tuesday night, Stewie's Machine picked up the victory, gets up at the wire to beat the favorite MD Magic, who had a six-race winning streak coming in. Well, Dewey's Machine took a lot of action at the windows, was a second choice, and really a nice trip, uh, dropped into the pocket around the final turn. Big stretch battle between MD Magic and Dewey's Machine. Steve Wiseman and Dewey's Machine getting up at the wire over MD Magic with the Bobcat Dean McGee. And a $14,000 Minnesota Sire two-year-old trotting event on Tuesday night. Again, going to Dewey's Machine. Career best mile, Justin Amphitson, the winning trainer. And also, Justin Amphitson is the owner of Dewey's Machine a two-year-old son of Ice Machine. Burning Blaze continues to dominate the two-year-old Colton Gelding Pace Division. $8,500 event on Tuesday night went to Burning Blaze again, wired the field by six and three-quarter lengths. With a nice score and 156 and four, Justin Amphitson trains that one for owners Allen and Cheryl Sandbold of Iowa and also owner Edward Guten of New York. Burning Blaze does it again on Tuesday, 156-4. and four. And then in the Philly division of the two-year-old Minnesota Sired Pace, or $8,500, Trinity's Fancy Philly. Owned and trained by Brian Deachin and also part-owned by Sarah Solhide, picked up her first lifetime win, two minutes flat, in the event on Tuesday night, dominated gate-to-wire Trinity's Fancy Philly, first lifetime win, in the two-year-old Philly Pace on Tuesday night. Racing action coming up this weekend at Running Aces. First race post time on Saturday and Sunday, 6 p.m. We've got a carryover, huge carryover right now. The 20-cent pick five wager at Running Aces. Jackpot pick five. And it stands right now right around $35,000 for the 20-cent pick five at Running Aces. Again, post time this weekend, 6 p.m., both Saturday and Sunday. And post time on Tuesday night will be at 7 p.m. Central. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest. Located just 20 minutes north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota with seasonal live harness racing from May through September. Running Aces is the home of the $50,000 Dan Patch free-for-all pace and the $300,000 Minnesota Night of Champions. With live harness racing action three nights a week, every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night. And our signal is available on ADWs and at racebooks and simulcast facilities near you. Visit our website, runaces.com, for more information. Again, that's runaces.com. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join Revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Twelve championship races. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick and a coast home champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018 coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail. Modern legend there. Foiled again. Dead game. Clear vision laid on the outside. Pet Rock on the inside. Photo finish. Foiled again. And Pet Rock together.
Well, special thanks to all of our guests that joined us here today on Post Time with Mike and Mike, including uh, driver Mitch Cushing, the uh, general manager of Windbank Farm, Garrett Bell, Darren Gagne, of course, with his running aces segment, and Casey Coleman, trainer of McWicked. Special thanks to all of our listeners who make this show possible. We've got a pretty big announcement coming up affecting our live remote schedule, and we'll talk a little bit about that next week on the program. Post Time, as always, and every Thursday morning. Is 10:30. See you next week, everybody. Closing time. One last call for alcohol to so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know. Who